Now come along and listen to us talk with the Bonja. Go and have a lovely little walk with the Bonja. Let me put it on and go to bed with the Bonja. Or grab yourself a slice of toast and spread with the Bonja. Hello and welcome to Bon Jam with me, Simon Jeffrey, and I'm joined by the Joey to my Frasier, it's Mr. James Turner. I thought you were going to be saying something like James Bond Jr. to something else then. But, uh, <laughs> I considered some others. I considered um, Hobbs and Shaw to my Xena <laughs> <Zeno> Warrior Princess. <laughs> so yes, today's episode is all about spin-offs specifically James Bond-related spin-offs we'd like to see, and a little bit of conversation around some that have been discussed at various times in the franchise's history uh, that never came to fruition. What is a spin-off, James? So, um, it's a spin-off you could define as being a property that gets created where it's based on a character or some something from the... Um, an existing franchise, really, or existing show. Yeah, I think a spin-off typically is when a supporting character, perhaps, from an existing show or film is given their own leading role as a protagonist in a separate show or a separate film. The reason this episode has come about was because uh, many, many, many years ago, shortly after the release of Die Another Day, it was... Uh, rumoured, and I think even went into development, that there was going to be a spin-off film centering around the character of Jinx from Die Another Day. That's true. So from what I can tell online, the film was going to centre around Jinx's background and her, almost an origin story it seems, and it would focus around her uh, getting involved with the NSA and working with Damien Falco, who we saw in Dine of the Day, as played by Michael Madsen. Mm-hmm. I always thought at the time when Dine of the Day came out that it was almost a shame that they used Michael Madsen in such a insignificant role. He basically plays the M to Jinx, essentially. Yeah. I think he probably had it in him to be a pretty decent villain if they'd ever oh, yeah, got yeah, around yeah. to maybe yeah. another Brosnan film. Uh, he would have been a good adversary for him. So for whatever reasons, the film didn't happen. Now, there are various stories and suggestions as to why that didn't happen. Halle Berry was reported in uh, an interview I think I read on uh, sci-fi.com as basically claiming that the film was ahead of its time and that uh, studios and audiences weren't ready to either greenlight or go and see a film led by a woman of colour in Mm. that day and age whether that's truly uh you know the straw that broke the camel's back i'm not sure there is probably some sad truth in in that to some degree but i think it's overlooking some other factors that went into the fact that this film didn't happen there's other suggestions that the recent failures of other female-led films at the time uh contributed to nervousness on the part of the studios so things like um lara croft cradle of life and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle that didn't do so well, either critically or box office, meant that, you know, studios lost confidence in this this next female-led action film. The trouble is, I think that all of those arguments and all those suggestions are kind of ignoring the elephant in the room a little bit. (laughs) What, the fact that Jinx was an awful character? Exactly. And the fact that if those films that I mentioned tell us anything, it's not that 
audiences weren't ready to go and see Charlie's Angels Full Throttle and Lara Croft Cradle of Life because, you know, we're not ready to see action films led by strong, beautiful, powerful women. I think, if anything, what it shows is that you can't just rely on that to sell your movie. And somewhere along the line, with those particular examples, they forgot to actually make good movies as well. <laughs> the f- general fan consensus of Die Another Day at the time was that Jinx's character was not one that they wanted to see again. It's absolutely nothing against Halle Berry, by the way. I think she could absolutely hold her own in a female-led action film. Yeah, yeah. Just not as Jinx. Just not as Jinx. <laughs> it got me thinking, like, what is the key to a successful spin-off? Because for my money, I think it has to be, like, A, a character that audiences like. Yeah, I think the other one will have to be a character where you want to see more of because they were perhaps maybe overshadowed by the main character. Mm. Or a character with unanswered questions. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. a character, you know, who who narratively has somewhere to go. If there's a character whose entire kind of arc and backstory is basically covered in the film already, then what is there to learn about this person? And I'm not saying that Jinx you know, we know everything there is to know about her. We know that she has this business with NSA that we don't see a huge amount about. But my problem with it is that I find her incredibly grating whenever she's on screen. She seems to be not very well developed as a character and her entire kind of identity seems to be quippy, sassy one-liners. Yeah. It doesn't suggest to me that, that there's enough meat there to flesh out into a uh, a full solo venture, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But talk of this Jinx spin-off led James and I, a while ago, to compile a list. I jokingly started off in a conversation on WhatsApp one day saying, I bet you we could list a hundred other characters from the Bond films that we would rather see have their own spin-off than Jinx. We did. We did. And I jokingly and, started yeah. writing them out and you carried on the list and after a little while we had reached 100. <laughs> now, I'm not going to list them all right here and now, but we are going to go through a couple of them yeah. and perhaps pick out some of our favorites, some jokey ones, some serious ones that we really wish we'd could have seen maybe either presently or in the past and we're going to try and pitch them to each other and the other Mm -hmm. person's going to play the part of the studio exec who gets to green light these films and tv shows and decide whether or not they should have happened (sighs) i recently put the call out on instagram to our uh, followers to see which uh, characters they would like to see have their own spin-offs and um my first suggestion is a film that was also suggested by one of our followers, Ams Bond, as well as a film that was actually discussed by the Bond producers themselves at the time, All right. but fell through due to scheduling conflicts. Okay. My first suggestion for a spin-off I would have loved to see is the movie entitled Wei Lin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Michelle Yeoh was um, on a high off the back of Tomorrow Never Dies, and she already had a great history of Hong Kong action films. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michelle Yeoh is, is fantastic. I mean, she, she could probably still do the part now if we were, you know, if we were still in the Brosnan timeline with the movies, I'd, st- yeah. I'd still watch a Whalen movie right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would. Yeah. I think a martial arts style feel to a Whalen movie 
mm. feel like it differs greatly to the Bond franchise. Because what you want to avoid is making a spin-off that's just a female James Bond. And yeah. I think that her perspective would make it different to that. I think it would give it more of a unique slant. Yeah, I, th- I agree. I think it'd be important to have a standalone film that doesn't make you think, oh, come on, is Bond going to turn up at any point? Yeah. And I've, yeah. I really think a Wei Lin movie could have the potential to almost make you forget that it's even connected to Bond. It could be its own entity entirely. You just think, oh, I forgot she was also in a Bond film. Yeah. For me, it wouldn't yeah. need to have real Bond vibes, and I'd love to see a... Uh, you know, a real kind of hard-hitting Hong Kong action, like loads of wire work, loads of you know, you know, you know who the uh, who the ideal kind of um, director could be. I mean, at the time, you could go for John Woo. Let me just uh, send you this poster, James. Okay. James and I, I think, have created a few pieces of artwork for some of our suggestions. So these will all go onto our Instagram and Twitter uh, when the episode goes out. So here comes the first image. Ah, cool. <laughs> Uh, John Woo, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got uh, one of the promo images from Tomorrow Never Dies of Michelle Yeoh as Wei Lin. A nice pose with two guns there. It's obviously from a photo shoot uh, to promote the character at the time. Yeah. And I thought, you know, who's the perfect director for a 1990s Hong Kong action film? Well, I went for the director of one of your favourite films, James, Face Off. Face uh, Off, Mr. John Woo who has obviously got a huge history in some uh, some incredible Hong Kong action films as well as his US ones. Yeah. And I thought, who would be a great person to maybe play off in, in those films? Who was a great star of Hong Kong action films in the 90s and someone who's worked with John Woo? Mr. Chow Yun-Fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would he be a villain or would he be an ally? Well, that is open to discussion, James. But, I um, mean, I think he'd be a formidable opponent. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he could be uh, the head of this organised crime syndicate that has to be taken down. I want to see this film, James. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put these up on Instagram. Please go and have a look, because uh, I think these artworks are really going to convince some of you that these films should have happened. That's my hope, anyway. Yeah. So, are you going to greenlight the Waylin movie? I think I think I have to, don't I? It would be, uh, it'd be pretty top. Do you think it would be set kind of before Tomorrow Never Dies or after Tomorrow Never Dies? That's a good question. I'd like to see it as a prequel to Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Just to kind of establish who she is and who she might become. I don't think there's any harm in doing it either way, is there? It's yeah, not like she, she doesn't die in the film, so it's not... Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's one of the problems you sometimes get with spin-offs is like, you know, you'll see a spin-off about a character whose fate you already know. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, well... It doesn't really matter what you do to this character, in some cases yeah. at least. I mean, I'm still pumped for the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, show on, yeah, yeah, on yeah. Disney+, Plus, but it is an example of a character whose fate you already know. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably to an even greater extent, there's talk of a Cassian Andor show based on Diego Luna's character from Rogue One. I think he had far less time in that movie to kind of establish himself as a character worthy of a spin-off. And that's not to say that the show or the film won't be great, but there, there isn't this with this character. I think that she's got scope to either build up to Tomorrow Never Dies or, or go past it. Perhaps she could have a series of films. First one could be uh, a prequel to Tomorrow Never Dies. The second one maybe could follow up on the events of it. Yeah, so you could have a, like, a bit of a Wailing trilogy. Oh, I'd love that. All in the style of like face-off with slow motion and doves yeah, and yeah, wire work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's a definite yes, and uh, yes. some of our listeners will agree, I'm sure. So, James, have you got a pitch for me? 
Yes, so um, I've been watching a lot of Disney Plus recently, so um, all mine are actually TV spin-offs rather than films. So this first, this one I'm going to show you now is the first one I came up with. Now I threw a Netflix logo on it, even though Netflix wouldn't exist when it came <laughs> out, but you'll be able to get the idea of where I was going with it. Well, so, the artwork um, that I created, I, I deliberately kind of made it look like a DVD cover with the certificates and the logos on it, because that to me makes it, feel more real and it feels like something you could hold in your hand and that it almost makes it more bittersweet that these things don't exist because they're yeah. mocked up to look like they do exist yeah yeah so i've just whacked on the netflix logo just to feel like oh i could imagine this happening so this uh, tv series is called trevelyan so with this series i was debating where, where to set this because you could set it between trevelyan apparently dies and when he comes back and what he was up to in those years. But I thought, I didn't really want to see that. I wanted to see him in action as 006. So my idea for this series would have been um, how Trevelyan goes from being a good guy to a bad guy leading up to his mission with Bond. So is it your understanding that Trevelyan becomes a bad guy prior to that mission? Because I was always under understanding in Goldeneye that it was Bond's actions that triggered him to become Janus. Oh, right. It I wasn't never, God never... that gave me this face, it was you setting the timer to three minutes instead of six. I thought it was his disgruntled response to being left out to dry. But actually, maybe not, because you know he comes from that... Um, parentage doesn't he that uh, he feels betrayed by yeah that's why that's why i kind of approach it that way because i've always seen it when he says uh, it was you that gave me this face maybe he was never good in that case maybe it was always harboring some resentment well this, these these questions are the questions we'd explore in the show so the way i would have it would be okay he's a good guy and then he finds out about what happened to his parents uh, and that make me make, make him question his loyalties. It could be interspersed with sort of flashbacks throughout the episodes, and gradually you learn a little bit more and more about the backstory of his parents. Yeah. I suppose similarly to uh, the Mandalorian has sort of yeah, uh, yeah, flashbacks yeah, like that, that doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. So, are you pitching this as a uh, contemporary show made? around the same time is this a show you wish had happened in the 90s or do you think this yeah, is well, a show that could what, still be made yeah that's the, that's the thing so with the netflix thing obviously netflix didn't exist in 1990 but what i imagine it would just be some sort of tv series that would have happened shortly after golden eyes release so would you have liked to have seen this done in the style of a mid 90s action series well, that, with a young sean bean or would you like to see a, a like a modern netflix show with perhaps a different actor well yeah this is this is the problem really i'd like to see a modern netflix show but with sean bean as his younger self you'll get oromov in there as a guest appearance and you'll maybe bosnan himself appears in one episode where they have to do a mission and you kind of learn about the friendship a bit more it's kind of like a bit like breaking bad where he's like a good guy and then eventually turns badder and badder as the series goes on and by the end badder of this badder badder and badder yeah. worse and worse Worse and worse, that'll do. <laughs> spoilers for Breaking Bad, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> do we still have to give spoiler warnings for, for shows that are oh, that I've not old? spoiled anything. If you don't know that Walter White becomes a bad guy, then... What? <laughs> I've never seen Breaking Bad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then the final episode of the series was like, okay, Oromov approaches him, maybe with... Um, or, or, or maybe M gives him... You'd have, in fact, that was a good. That would be even better. You'd have Robert Brown as M because obviously Judy Dench's M didn't exist back then. So you'd have Robert Brown coming back as M, 
giving right. him the missions and the and Robert Brown gives him the mission for the Archangel facility and it's like you'll be working with 007 on this one and it's like the file gets plunked in his desk and it's like end of series I think it is a great idea James it's an instant built in audience I think as well so you've cashed in on something that's got popular appeal because Goldeneye as we know is is a fan favourite uh, yeah, even amongst yeah. kind of lesser more casual Bond fans Goldeneye is still kind of uh, oft quoted top of the list for many people mm. you'd have to be very careful you don't undo any of their favorite moments from the film or subvert them in any disappointing way like for instance you know some of the star wars sequels might have undone your favorite moments by suggesting yeah. they work in different ways or whatever it's, yeah you don't want to change the narrative too much from what the we've established in the film but i think seeing sean bean as 006 as a good guy i think that's enough to make us go yeah i'd like to see it it's definitely getting the green light from me, James. Oh, thank you. I imagine all of these will, to be fair. Cool. We never really talked about it in the first place, James, before we started listing these, but do you think that Bond, the Bond series should have spin-offs? Well, that's the thing. I was going to say this before we began this, and, uh, and I was going to leave it till the end of this conversation, but I firmly believe there should never be a James Bond spin-off, ever. Maybe we'll come back to this at the end, then, if you've got yeah. more to so. say. <laughs> all right, shall I do another one, James? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I mean, I don't know. I've got much to say about this. I just wanted to make the poster. <laughs> so I'm just going to drop this in the chat. This is a film starring the taxi driver from A View to a Kill. Oh, yeah. And the film is called <laughs> Oh, My Car. And the poster is in the style of Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> and it's got the taxi driver as played by Lucien Jerome. Uh, taking taking a low quality still from the movie and his car appears to be flying off into the air behind him it's a it's a comedy uh a, a mid 80s wacky french comedy about the mishaps of a french taxi driver whose car has a mind of its own and i thought I need a co-star to go on the on the bill next to the star, and the first French actor I thought of was Gérard Depardieu. So oh, yeah. uh, I stuck him on the poster as well. Uh, he could be the kind of uh, grouchy French uh, police chief. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Always ch- like a kind of Inspector Clouseau type, you know, but yeah, just yeah, constantly yeah. Tr- like trying to give him tickets and stuff. And yeah, yeah. It's a film that should definitely not exist. <laughs> I just wanted to make the poster. <laughs> well, the poster in, sells it quite a lot to me. I like it. There's um, not much to say here, James. I, I know there's not much to say. But, that was uh, one of the ones on the list of our hundred that we thought, you know, <laughs> this is a character that we would rather see have its own spin-off than Jinx. And that's saying something. Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely see this happening. You know, and there were some, some real obscure characters on our list that we would they'd say you know i'd rather see a spin-off from the parisian taxi driver than jinx from Die Another day so yeah so uh, so would they just get into like all sorts of mishaps with the car or and he's like oh my car it's gone and yeah yeah it would be like he'd, he'd, he'd have someone important to pick up and he'd lead them out and the car wouldn't be there oh my car yeah, and yeah, it'd just be yeah. like star wipe to a different situation. <laughs> it's almost like a sketch show, it's yeah, just like like yeah. a like a Mr. Bean sort of uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that way. Oh yeah. my god! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as re- how however ridiculous these ideas get, I 
think we're going to have to just commission them anyway. So, uh, in a world again, where we are, you know, just allowing these James Bond spin-offs of all shapes and sizes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's just let's yeah. just anyone, anything goes really. Yeah, <laughs> good. Your next pick, James. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, interestingly, oh my car guy does make an appearance in my show, although he's not the main character. He comes as a he's a guest star in mine, <laughs> although he's not mentioned in the poster. So this, again, is a TV series, and this show is called Double Take. Is this going to be a show about the uh, the recurring actor who double takes at strange things? He does star in it. So he's the guy who's... The guy we're talking about is the guy who... Um, he appears in The Spiral of Me, Moonraker, and For Your Eyes Only, and when he sees something ridiculous, he kind of looks at his alcoholic beverage that he's, uh, he's drinking at the time. I've just seen the poster. <laughs> so this stars that guy I can't remember his name uh, I should have actually looked it up before I uh, did this what um, the actor the actor's name let's have a look hang on Victor Torjansky double take starring Victor Torjansky who was the guy with the drinking habits when he sees something ridiculous now as you can probably see from the poster you will also have a pigeon flying <laughs> and a dog so this is the double-taking pigeon that he teams up with in this TV show. And uh, the squinting dog that also sees these crazy things with him. He It turns out that Victor Tojanski uh, plays a detective in these films. He's actually a detective on, on, on holiday um, having a drink when he sees these things that happen with Bond. And he basically solves crimes with his pet pigeon and the, um, and the squinting dog. Okay, so it's kind of like a bit like um, a bit of a buddy comedy thing, <laughs> and um, now as you can imagine, if he's a drunk detective, he can't drive, so he actually uses the uh, oh my car guy to taxi him around. <laughs> but I honestly thought you were going to say he actually uses the dog to ride around. <laughs> no. The thing is, because um, he's he's drunk, he's actually a rubbish detective. So it turns out the dog and the pigeon team up with each other, and they actually end up solving. They end up solving the crimes. So, but obviously, then it makes him look good. So, <laughs> the dog and the pigeon solve the crime. So they'll they'll get to the point where. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give that space to breathe. That sense. <laughs> so they'll be on. <laughs> they'll be <laughs> something that. <laughs> so there'll be some sort of case that they'll be on. Don't <laughs> get through this, James. This is your big pitch. Get through it. Hold it together. <laughs> I'm not even gone to the theme tune yet. You, wait, you've done a theme tune. <laughs> Knowing that these two animals solve crimes and just staring at this poster now, it just <laughs> gives it a whole new lease of life. <laughs> Knowing that that pigeon is actually like self-aware and scoping out some crimes down below. <sighs> so... When they're on a case, he'll be like trying to bumble his way through all of this. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe they're trying to find a drug guy 
like a, a drug dealer and that they can't find the evidence and he's like oh I, I give up and then suddenly the dog will find the drugs and it's like oh yeah you did it after all and uh, the double taking pigeon will also like uh, be able to scope places out and <laughs> to make sure the dog knows where to where uh, to can avoid. we get that again James <laughs> <laughs> So I was going to ask. Talking. So the the animals aren't talking in this. They're just kind of. Uh... Oh no no! They don't talk. They just but they can talk to each other. The animals, but they can't talk to him. Well, do they talk to each other with words? No no. They, they might just like. <laughs> Logistically speaking, then are you just seeing kind of trained animals being used in these? Oh yeah 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 yeah. 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 Okay yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so so he's kind of being propped up by these animals, uh, and he's getting the credit then. And, yeah, and, and essentially, that's why yeah. he's. So, um, He's, he's, he's like kept, this... he keeps his job thanks to these two. And yeah, no one yeah. Knows. They always save his skin at the end. Of so this is a, a TV show. This is yes, yeah, so this is a TV show. What it's not made film, in yeah. what early eighties? Do you think? Yeah, so you know, along along the veins of like uh, Night Rider and those sort of eighties <laughs> so shows, and um, yeah, so it's kind of like very much of its time. All right, okay. You know, you've mentioned theme tune a, a few minutes ago, and that's all our listeners will be thinking about now. So let's just let's just have it now. Uh, you need to have it on quite loud because my singing talents isn't very good. Anymore. You're going to sing for us, James. Um, yeah. All right, let's have it. He's a friend of wine. He also likes beer. Some form of alcohol is always near. <laughs> He's teaming up with a pigeon and a dog. To solve any mystery is their number one job. <laughs> They're not that great at it. Don't tell me I know. But who cares? At least they have their own TV show. <laughs> Don't take. Don't take. <laughs> Oh, that is sublime. <laughs> I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. <laughs> I've definitely gone for the, the 80s yeah. theme. Yeah, I was going to say you got a bit of uh, bit of new wave sort of uh, yeah, yeah. vocals going on. It's a little bit Bowie at the start, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate any TV theme that acknowledges that it is the theme to a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. So, am I getting them commissioned or not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we get 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go into another one, which I think should follow on the feet of that quite well, because it's also about animals. Okay. This was one of our list of um, 100 shows we'd rather see spin-offs based around. This is the animated series Blofeld's Cat. <laughs> yeah, I could see an animated series from Blofeld's Cat. That's good. That's Here comes the poster. <laughs> That's good. Did you create that cat yourself? No, I just searched for royal free cats. Yeah. <laughs> so as you can see, he's a cheeky, cheeky little, cheeky little cat. Yeah. Big, yeah. big smile on his face. The fate of the world is in his paws. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But what I thought the plot could be is that you see all these scenarios from Spectre's, you know, operations, uh, but you see them from the perspective of the cat. 
So you right. may, may, never really see the face of Blofeld because it's always framed on the cat. But you yeah, o- yeah. you overhear these meetings and these dastardly plans, and some of them can be from the films, you know. Yeah. So it can link to the kind of Connery era spectre goings on in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's this cat, this mascot of this evil corporation, but he's actually good. Right. Okay. And yeah. it's up to the cat to thwart the plans of his right. owner. Okay. Cool. Yeah. See, as it's as it's an animated show, I feel this has more credibility than mine. Paul, we did. Um, I, the more I thought about this, the more I could actually see it actually. Yeah, existing. that's what I mean. Yeah, this, you know. I could I could see this existing. So it's kind of a bit like a you know in Tom and Jerry cartoons, you never see the face of the, uh, the yeah owner exactly or like that. Yeah, it's kind of like. But similar to your uh, double take masterpiece, the the credit is always given to the secret agent James Bond. Yeah, yeah. And Blofeld always curses Bond for thwarting his plans when it was actually the cat. Yeah, yeah. So do you see Bond in the cartoon? Maybe, like, in the background, but he's not the focus. Uh, But there can be other characters, like other animals that Blofeld interacts with, guard dogs and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he secretly runs an organisation designed to get in the way of Spectre's plans. Yeah, yeah. But then just at the end of the episode, he's always just back on his lap getting stroked and fed and then having yeah. a little kind of wink to the camera, like a kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a muttly laugh. <laughs> like a, you know, the iris goes in, like at the end of the episode, oh, like, yeah, like yeah, it does yeah. on the... Uh, like Looney Tunes ones and stuff. Yeah, like, but the it's James like... Bond gum barrel. But it's like the gum barrel, like on the artwork yeah. I've created, and he does like a little wink to the camera, like he's gotten away with it again. I can genuinely see this happening. I, I should have created a theme tune because, you know, you've really... Stood me up there now. But it'll be something like, you know, is Blofeld's cat? Blofeld's cat? Yeah. His yeah, boss like is that. evil, but he's not that. I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I thought at first, you know, you know, he could be an evil cat who's kind of like a, the equivalent of Blofeld, but he has his own like cat spectre. Yeah. yeah, yeah I just yeah. thought, no, it'd be funnier if all of Blofeld's plans are being undone by this cat and no yeah. one knows. About yeah. It. <laughs> So Blofeld's like there, out of shot, just stroking the cat, going, we're going to blow up this city. And the cat will just sort of perk up awake. And be like, <laughs> boing. It could, it could kind of sneak into like a little crack in the wall and maybe it had its yeah. own little meeting room set up with mice yeah. and rats yeah. and a yeah, yeah. hedgehog or something. You know? <laughs> and it pulls down a flip chart with the plans of Spectre's operations. Yeah, and then yeah. they set about like thwarting them and getting in the way of them. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. As I suspected, this episode has just kind of, it has this sort of bittersweet feeling towards it where I want all of these to exist now and they yeah. won't. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. Really. Is it getting the green light? Yeah, definitely getting the green light. Yeah. Family that, friendly, that... good for all ages, a nice introduction to Bond for maybe for, for kids who are too young to watch the films. Yeah. I think this is weirdly like the most likely. <laughs> if they can do James Bond Jr., they can do this. That's what I say. I think it's, this is probably a better concept than James Bond Jr. So, uh, The artwork's on Instagram. I suggest you do check it out because uh, you'll want this show to exist just like me. <laughs> Shall I get on to my final one? Yep, go on. So this is, again, a TV show, but a TV show with a difference. This is a James Bond game show. A James Bond game show? Yes. Hosted by Professor Joe Butcher. <laughs> okay, and it's called Bless Your Heart. Bless Your Heart. Yeah. Um, so this is the idea. So imagine Wayne Newton, the actor who plays Professor Joe Butcher in Licence to Kill, and he is in character as Joe Butcher. 
right. hosting a game show with real contestants who play this uh, show. It's a bit like, you know, in the same way that, um, what's his name? Keith Lemon is a character. Yeah. And he has, he'd host yeah. things and stuff like that. So he stays in character. The show is a game show. So with this, I had to think of how an original game show would work. So I had to think of a whole new concept for this. So imagine a grid on the floor and on this grid is like a love heart on each one of these grids. And what you have to do is cross from one side of the grid to the other. And every time you stand on a grid, you have to answer a trivia question. And then that makes you progress to the next love heart. Right. Now you will also be going up against somebody else who's going to cross from the opposite side. And if you um, <laughs> if you cross over with your opponent, you can then make them lose by the love heart opening up, and they then drop down um, <laughs> into a, into a pit. So you you can open up their love heart by blessing your heart, and then they <laughs> drop down into this pit. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit like that, yeah. Um, so they kind of move one step at a time. Each one answers a trivia question to make them move. To the so it's like Blockbuster quicker. trying to cross the cross the wall. Yeah, but you, you're kind of doing it physically rather than... Across, um, yeah, across the grid. Yeah. Blockbuster meets Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have the opportunity of killing your opponent. Oh, they die? <laughs> oh, no, no, I was just making it. Um, no, yeah, they fall into a pit and then there'll be cushions or something probably um and yeah then they win (laughs) so what's professor joe's job on this show he's the host so he'll be asking the questions he'll also be promoting his book what's his book called uh well i actually didn't realize what his book was called but this is what he actually advertises on the in the film it's called the secrets of cone power revealed the secrets of cone power believe cone power yeah i think it's something to do with like a like a triangle i have no idea well People would buy it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and he'll be like, uh, time to bless your heart. And then uh, then the love heart will, will open up and then wow. they'll fall to their doom. You really put some thought into this, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the artwork, James. Oh, thank you. I'm going to repeat this over and over again, but I do suggest that the listeners go and check this artwork out. <laughs> there must be a way, in maybe in the YouTube version, we can put the artwork on screen when we're discussing it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So uh, perhaps if you want to listen to the YouTube version of this, it might be the easiest way to see what we're talking about as it comes up. That's incredible, James. I mean, it's tenuous. You really stretched a one line into a whole game show format. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> funnily enough, I almost did a game show myself. And, and, oh, really? I, oh, and right. it's funny that you mentioned Keith Lemon because I was going to do like a Celebrity Juice style show oh, called... Yeah, yeah. Don't get lippy, <laughs> starring uh, Count, Count Lippy, lippy. from Thunderball, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it, it, it would kind of be a little bit like, uh, or at least one of the round types would be a little bit like the uh, the lineup from Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Oh yeah, you yeah. know where they have to you know pick someone out of a of, out of a lineup, mm, yeah, but yeah. you know they're all they're all these guys with their faces bandaged and you know. <laughs> Don't get lippy, and there's you know, but it's raunchy, and there's like yeah, crass yeah. jokes. And yeah, yeah, maybe Lippy himself can host it and hide amongst certain shenanigans. Yeah. And uh, cool. I didn't, I didn't want to watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> Bless your heart. Is this genuinely a show you would rather watch than a Jinx movie? Yes, it absolutely <laughs> would be. I had to try and find the nineteen uh, eighties version of. 
the BBC logo. So you did very well yeah, making that I, look yeah, I tried to as be accurate bad as time. it probably would have been. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting the green light. It's going to run for one series before being cancelled <laughs> because I imagine it would have been rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I ended up doing four because I just had the idea for Blofeld's Cat and I just couldn't resist doing it. So mm. um, the first one I did was actually one, like the first thing that, that I thought of. And it's a, uh, a TV show based around the, uh, the kind of background characters of the Brosnan era. Yeah. So I'll send you the poster, the, the DVD artwork I made. And if you're anything like me, you will want this show to have existed. So this show would have been called Universal Exports. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is cool. And it centers around the characters of Charles Robinson, as played yeah. by Colin Salmon, uh, Michael Kitchen as Tanner, as well as Samantha Bond's Money Penny, uh, with appearances from Desmond Llewellyn as Q. Yep. And it's sort of focused around the uh, the kind of um, office politics, the interpersonal relationships between the characters, as well as maybe some uh, lesser missions that aren't quite double O status, but the kind of. Uh, you know, the glue that holds Bond's missions together. Yeah. You know? When Bond comes in, having left a load of mess in his wake, they mm. have to kind of follow up and clean up and maybe do the, the sort of grunt work to some extent. Yeah. But uh, I've listed some guest appearances throughout the series from Joe Don Baker as Jack Wade, perhaps. Um, Pierce Brosnan could make an appearance, you know, very, very briefly, I imagine, because yeah. his schedule wouldn't yeah. allow it. But, of you know, course. it could... This is very much a show that I that I imagine starting around the time or shortly after Tomorrow Never Dies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I imagine this lasting beyond Die Another Day. Yeah. And yeah. so almost in the kind of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. way, where at a certain point in the series, the films take place. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, the yeah. series would build up to them and then they would have like the aftermath of the events of a film would be referred to in say, yeah. so maybe the first season is post tomorrow never dies. Yeah. And then between the first and the second season of universal exports, perhaps the world is not enough happens. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe either towards the end of season one or in season two, we get to know John Cleese's character a little bit more. Yeah. And also we could follow up on the last appearance of Desmond Llewellyn uh, for perhaps another episode or two, give him a better send-off. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he dies. Maybe there's a really moving funeral scene. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, because I imagine this would have been made in the 90s. If there would have been time to maybe get another episode or two out of Desmond Llewellyn, that could have been good. But I'd love to see a series that gave Colin Salmon some, some action to do. Yeah, I always love Colin Salmon. A little glimpse that we see in... Uh, die another day during the yeah. virtual reality mm-hmm. kind of whetted our appetites i think for seeing him take on some more physical work yeah. and i think uh his his role in tomorrow never dies was to substitute in for michael kitchen who was unavailable yeah. and so they made him kind of chief of staff didn't they but then when michael kitchen was able to come back he kind of had to become kind of deputy chief of staff yeah, yeah. So I think there's room for Colin Salmon to kind of to shift across into a slightly different role. Yeah. You know, now that Tanner is back and doing all that kind of admin work, mm-hmm. um, Colin Salmon could maybe transition slightly more into field work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I think there's a great scope for, you know, other characters to come and go. You know, Judy Dench could could pop in every now and then, you know. Yeah. But I do I do picture this kind of being like kind of uh, you know, a level below the top level. So we see M every now and then and we see maybe Bond come in every now and then, but there's so much that goes on in in between times, you know? Yeah, yeah. You could have like flashbacks in there, maybe. So we've got like guest appearances from Robbie Coltrane could be used. Uh yeah. David Hedison could make an appearance, you know, if there's ever some CIA work needs doing. Maybe Julian Fellows maybe could be in trouble, so they have to rescue him or something like that. Because he's, he's the defence minister, isn't he? Yeah, Tomorrow yeah, yeah. So I thought, you know, Julian Fellows could, could make an appearance. David Hedison definitely. Perhaps even if they did like a kind of CIA or DEA kind of crossover, they could tie it into, uh, you know, the events of the Dalton era, maybe even bring uh, Pam Bouvier in. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. And, you know, maybe show Lighter working with Jack Wade, that kind of thing. And, you know, maybe around the time of uh, The World Is Not Enough, there could be a kind of bitter rivalry with uh, Serena Scott Thomas's Dr. Warmflash for a, for an episode or two. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't see her as being a permanent member of the cast, but there's definitely legs on this show. I'd love to see it. And it could be done uh, in a kind of definitely. spooks kind of way or kind yeah. of um, procedural kind of drama, you know. And I picture this running, like I say, for probably four or five seasons, mm. even past Die Another Day. This could have been like the final send-off for Brosnan's Bond, yeah, in a way. Yeah. And it could have wrapped it up in a whole lot more effective way. And especially, and the reason I say, you know, I want this to go past Die Another Day is to give Samantha Bond a better send-off yeah. than yeah. the horrible, crass ending that she was given that just wiped out her character. There could be romances and other characters involved. I mean, I kept the artwork kind of, I guess, pretty uh, pretty fan-pleasing just using the characters from the uh, from the film. But almost certainly you'd get new agents and new characters introduced as well. Yeah, yeah, but. you could bring in some other other actors that haven't appeared in the Bond films. I think it's honestly when I saw that picture, I was like, oh yeah, this has to happen. That excites me when I see uh, the original Brosnan squad. <laughs> Bros squad. Bros yeah. squad. Yeah. This, I think, of all the ones we've talked about, is the one that I I most wish. Happen, and I know you said like you probably don't think there should ever be Bond spin-offs. I've changed my mind. <laughs> I believe that there shouldn't be a Bond spin-off. I just feel like Bond should keep should keep away from the whole what Marvel and Star Wars is doing, and just mm. keep keep it as it is. Though said that the way we've been talking about, especially this Universal Exports thing, it's kind of made me go. Oh, actually, you know what? I could see that being quite good and i would enjoy that it's funny because neither of us have suggested anything from the craig era no we've not no i'm just gonna have a look at some of the comments we had from our followers on what they wanted to see yeah uh james bond down under i think shares your broad view on the subject when they just say uh in answer to the question which bond spin-offs do you wish you could have seen uh they just simply respond none (laughs) yeah (laughs) got a couple actually here from smooth saint Early days of M's career, either Judy Dench or Rafe Fiennes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you could cast another actress in the part of a young M. That could yeah. that could be interesting. And and Philip 007 Asanoff says uh, probably an origin story of Judy Dench's M. So there's another one for that. I feel like I know everything I need to know about M. Operation 0025 says Octopussy Origins. 
I don't know if that's a serious suggestion or not. I don't know what there is to say. I mean, she does allude to a backstory there with her father. Well, yeah, the father thing would be quite interesting because, you know, there's a picture of him there and you don't see anything else, so perhaps... And the smuggling, perhaps. Yeah, there's potential there, actually, yeah. Funnily enough, Corey Craft suggested one that I almost suggested myself, but I wasn't sure if I'd be booed out of the building. Uh, Camille Montez following Olga Kurilenko's character from Quantum of Solace. Because, I mean, if you think about our kind of uh, criteria for what you would want from a spin-off, it would be a character whose story is not already fully told and fleshed yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I think of all the, the Bond women from Craig's era, certainly she is one of the ones with the most left unsaid. And yeah. honestly, like, I'd be up for that. Yeah, I think... Um... She's, uh, is she she's Secret Service... Is it Spanish? Bolivian Secret Service? I can't remember. Yeah, but you don't really find out much about that, do you? Could be her own kind of business because she goes deep cover for many years under Dominic Green's organisation. So I think there is room to expand there, but I don't know if there's great fan call for for, for that. I think Quantum of Solace is kind of, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, I I, I would suggest wrongly, the film that fans try to forget. I... I have a soft spot for Quantum of Solace and I would take it over Spectre any day of the week. But... (laughs) Yeah, funnily enough, like most of the suggestions do seem to be coming from a different era, from a prime Bond continuity. Yeah. Uh, my favourite of which being uh, from Roger Moore's Cubby Hall, saying it has to be the misadventures of Monsieur Aubergine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we suggested that on our hundred. Uh... Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he's a kind of Inspector Clouseau type. Um, maybe he could show up in uh, in one of the others in Oh My Car or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or double take. Yeah, maybe you maybe take. replace uh, Gerard Depardieu with yeah. Monsieur Aubergine in, yeah, in Oh yeah, My yeah. Car in the slapstick. He he yeah. could be he could be the, um, the the chief detective. Maybe it turns out that that tiny little fishing hook in his neck didn't kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still alive. <laughs> he, he has a scar constantly on his neck that just reminds him. But he's every bit his... as full of himself as he was in that film. <laughs> <laughs> referring to himself as a third person at all times so as a reminder this all started based on a discussion around the proposed jinx spin-off which at least one person on our followers would still like to see lorenzo granger the substitute agent 007 said he'd like to see a jinx spin-off with a different direction i guess that means a different direction from the direction of die another day Mm. which i think we can all agree with if there were going to be a Jinx spin-off, it would have to be in a thoroughly different direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But luckily, it doesn't seem like we're ever going to get that. Oh, thank God. There is talk about uh, perhaps um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge maybe working on a future spin-off, maybe surrounding uh, Lashana Lynch's character from No Time to Die. We don't know what her character will do or how she'll end up yet, so I don't know where that will go. It could just be talk and speculation at this point. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, I'm not going to believe anything until I see it, because there's been talk. I mean, they've been trying to launch spin-offs since Tomorrow Never Dies, basically. Yeah, yeah. Can you remember any of the others off our long list that you think might be worth just a mention? Um, I can't remember now. I'd add the list. I've got them in here. Should I just just scroll down some of the ones we might have missed? Mathis? I considered maybe a Mathis movie or something, or a Mathis TV show that kind of went between uh, Casino Royale and and Quantum Solace. It could be to do with his ever-changing allegiances. Is he your friend Mathis or my friend Mathis? Your friend, my friend. (laughs) 
I remember Hip's nieces were on there. Hip and Hip's nieces could have their own show. It would be awful, but they could have it. Uh, we've got uh, Polar Ivanola, the uh, KGB Chronicles. I don't know. Um, Quarrel, Teehee, Saunders. You know, these these were all characters on our list. Um, Baines and the Bootmaker even got their own mention. <laughs> Wint and Kids could have their own pretty sinister outing, I should imagine. Yeah. Uh, Elvis from Quantum. No comment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Genuinely, there are some really, you know, real serious suggestions on this list that I, I would really rather have seen. I'd rather see a Red Grant movie or a Necross movie that could be as close as we could get to be like a proper decent hitman film, for instance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just changing costume. And yeah. There's already the theme tune. It would just be the the Pretenders. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, late seventies submarine thriller, Commander Carter on the submarine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know adult movies. Naomi and the Lipperus, you know, <laughs> swallowing seamen. Uh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> A raunchy seventies comedy. You can have Colonel Scott, space captain from Moonraker. Uh, learn how to read with Corinne Dufour. That's one of the ones on our list. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember. Me we were clutching at straws there. Family history with Hilary Bray. Um, <laughs> this one cracks me up. Number 61 on our list was, um, ah, the Chang story. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a kind of true crime retrospective on the character of Chang from Moonraker yeah, yeah. with a kind of sinister narration that sort of chronicles his rise and fall, his fall through a piano. <laughs> <laughs> Snooper, the robot dog, a kids' show um, centered around. I can see that as an animation. Yeah, maybe Snooper can show up in Blofeld's cat. cat. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Glad we glad we sorted that. <laughs> I think that's it. I think we'll call it there, James. Uh, there cool. are other ones on our list. Various um, Sheriff Pepper <laughs> shows. <laughs> Probably best left in the past. Those ones. But that was our conversation on James Bond spin-offs. That was fun. It was. Let's play Games with James. Games with James. This suggestion for Games with James came from one of our listeners a while ago, probably last year, in fact, from a listener called Calvin Bose. He suggested quite a few, and I did say I would take him up on some of them. Calvin thought that he was the only person who could identify the James Bond gun barrels from sound alone. Okay, okay. That is hard. I beg to differ. I think that our man... James Turner is going to give Calvin a run for his money here. Now, I had all of these trimmed, just the gun barrel music, and I thought, the trouble is, right at the very end, sometimes you got a little bit of a hint as to the film it was beginning. Either the either the music started or a sound effect that might give it away. And I was also worried about copyright strikes and being, you know, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. music running too long. But I'm hoping if I only play you a few seconds of each, there shouldn't be any problem. Okay. So I've trimmed these down to just the first five seconds from the gun barrels to make it even more challenging for you. Okay. <laughs> so before we begin, I'm going to need a sound from you um, for when you get one of these questions right, which I'm sure you will. So can I have that sound now? Nobody does it better at Games with James. <laughs> See, the thing is, I think some of these are quite easy, so we're going to hear that a lot. Okay. So mind you, you know what happens when I say something's easy. <laughs> um, okay, can we have a sound from you for when you get one of these wrong? Makes me feel sad that I've got it wrong. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Now, without further ado, let's play the James Bond first five seconds of Gun Barrel audio only quiz. <laughs> uh, 
I do love a catchy title. Here is clip number one. Okay, so I'm going to say that's Live and Let Die. Nobody does it better at Games with James. Live and Let Die is correct, James. Well done. I sprinkled in some easy ones there, so uh, yes, yeah. so you're off, you're off the mark. That's a, that's a good one to start off with, yeah. Okay, here comes number two. Okay, that's, uh, that's License to Kill. Nobody does it better at Games with James. It is License to Kill. Well done, James. There's a danger you may get all of these right, but, you know, who knows? These are easy ones to spot, these ones, though, I think. Uh, I wanted to ease you in gently. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Okay, number three. Okay, that's uh, Down of the Day. Nobody does it better at Games with James. It is Down of the Day. You're doing well, James. You're right, doing next, well. Next one. Okay, number four. gonna say that sounds weird um is it um quantum of solace makes me feel sad that i've got it wrong that is incorrect james ah, it is not it. but ah. you are right in identifying that it is a gun barrel that does not take place in the traditional time yeah. it is skyfall skyfall i knew it's one of the two of them damn it. so it takes place at the end okay yeah. number five Oh, hang on a second. Um, oh, that's hard. Oh, what the hell? Gonna have to push you for an answer, James. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is it uh, for, uh, Spy Love Me? Nobody does it better at games with James. I mean, you took your time, James, but yes, it, that is correct, James. It is the spy who loved me. I should have really called time before them, but yeah, I'll yeah. let you have it. Oh, thanks. Number six. Oh, interesting This is where one. it gets tricky. Yeah, that is an interesting one. Um, I feel like it could be Moonraker. Makes me feel sad that I've got it wrong. That is incorrect, James. Ah, Number six was Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, was it? Really? Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Number seven. Okay. Is, is that Goldfinger? Nobody does it better at Games with James. That is Goldfinger. Well done. Okay. Number eight. Uh, for your eyes only. Nobody does it better at Games with James. It is for your eyes only. That's one of my favourites. Yeah. You know, as much as I, I absolutely love John Barry's music in almost every Bond film, but mm. whenever there's a, a different composer, I always look forward to hearing their gun barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, yeah. Number nine. That's uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Nobody does it better at Games with James. It is Tomorrow Never Dies. I think we're both very, very familiar with that particular era of yeah, the Bond yeah. films, so there's no doubt. And also, those uh, the Brosnan ones, they sometimes differed from the formula a mm. little bit yeah, in yeah. the section of the music they used, so that's quite distinctive. Yeah. Well done. Uh, on to the next one, number 10. 
Ooh, that's interesting one, that one. Um, ah, damn it, that's, that's a tough one. Is it, it must, I think it feels like a Connery one. I'm going to say, I don't know, is it Thunderball? Makes me feel sad that I've got it wrong. Sorry, James, no, it is oh, From it. Russia With Love. Ah, I knew it, I knew it. I'm glad we're getting to use both sound effects, though. Mm. So we'll look on the bright side. <laughs> All right, let's have number 11, James. Right, I feel this is Quantum of Solace. Makes me feel sad that I've got it wrong. That is incorrect, James. Oh, is it not? That is Spectre. Ah, oh, right, okay. Damn it. All right, here comes number 12. Um, okay, I'm going to say, um, is it The World's Not Enough? Makes me feel sad that I've got it wrong. Oh, uh, sorry, James. I mean, you've guessed it for two other ones, but you didn't guess it here. That It was Quantum of Solace. <laughs> that was Quantum of Solace. <laughs> I was going to say, I should have known The World's Not Enough when I've heard that one plenty of times. Next one is number 13. Oh. Um, is it You Only Live Twice? Makes me feel sad that I've got it wrong. It is not. Thunderball. It's Thunderball. Yeah. God <laughs> you got it. it. You're close. Nice easy one for you now. Number 14, if you will. Ah, yeah, it's easy one, that one. Yeah, thank God. Goldeneye. Nobody does it better at Games with James. Goldeneye is correct. Very distinctive synthy 90s sound there. I'm not a huge fan of all of Goldeneye's soundtrack, but I do quite like that gun barrel. I do like the gun barrel, yeah. Number 15. Okay, so that's from our most recent rewatch, which is uh, on a match as a secret service. Nobody does it better at Games with James. That's correct. Tell me, would you have got it without the final couple of seconds? Uh, I think I would have done. Because the uh, bass drops are very distinctive when that part comes in. But Yeah, it does sound different to the Connery ones that John Barry did. That is one of my other favourites, I think. It's maybe one of my, it's maybe my favourite John Barry gun barrel. Really? Yeah. don't know which my favourite John Barry one would be. Number 16. So these are the ones that get me out. These ones, these John Barry ones from the Roger Moore era or even the, T- the Timothy Dalton, the, the Living Daylights one. Um, I feel like this is the man with the golden gun. Makes me feel sad that I've got it wrong. That is incorrect, James. Oh, God damn it. It is Octopussy. Is it? Oh, damn it. And number 17. Can you uh, see what I've done there, James? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost identical. Is that one The Living Daylights? Nobody does it better at Games with James. That is The Living Daylights, <laughs> James. On. Well done. It, honestly, it sounds almost the same recording. Yeah. I think the is. percussion is slightly different. Yeah, it is, yeah. It just sounded a bit cleaner, I felt, so that's why we're yes. for that yeah. one. Well done. Number 18. <laughs> The Man with the Golden Gun. Makes me feel sad that I've got it wrong. That is incorrect, James. It's a view to a kill. Ah, damn it. Oh, well. 
yeah, I just thought I'd put in a a, a tricky trio there for you, yeah, James. <laughs> All right, penultimate one now, number nineteen. What the hell? That sounds like nothing I've ever heard. That sounds weird. Why does that sound so weird? Um, Going to have to push you, James. Yeah, I, I really don't know for this one. Because we've had Spectre, we've had um, Skyfall and uh, one of Solace. So I would have said it was one of the Craig ones, so it just sounds so different. Um, what have we not had? Oh my god, it can't, it can't be any of them. What on earth? This is a trick question. Gonna have to call it, James. I, I would normally have said something like Spectre, but I don't know. Makes me feel sad that I've got it wrong. Well, there's a reason you probably aren't too familiar with it. It's No Time to Die. Ah, god damn it. It is one of the Craig ones. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, one I that we haven't seen in the films yet. Yeah. But it has been released... There is always a slim chance that they may change it before the film comes out, but that is the track Gun Barrel from the soundtrack to No Time to Die. And finally, number 20 should be nice and familiar. Yeah, why did I say the world's not enough earlier? Because this is world's not enough easy. Nobody does it better at Games with James. The world is not enough is correct. And I, it did surprise me that you guessed it earlier on for, for something else. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know why. It just I imagine like, that yeah. gun barrel for you in particular is like an instant nostalgia blast. For yeah, you. yeah. You know, if you hold the world is not enough in a special place in your heart, like you do uh, and I do, and, and I know a lot of our listeners do, the instant you hear that, I'm sure you get a little pang of joy. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 it shames me to say that I called it for something else before. It just sounded David Arnold-esque, and that's why it fooled me. But, yeah. Well, you did pretty it. well, James. I'm, I think you should be proud of that. I'm always, I always count it as a Games with James well-chosen when you get a mixture of right and wrong. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's a sign of a good quiz for me. Yeah, that's good. Because um, I did fear that you might get all of these, and perhaps if I'd included them in their entirety, you might have done. I think I probably may have done. So, Calvin, if you're listening... Let's see if you get them right with only five seconds worth. <laughs> James laying down the gauntlet there. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was good fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah it was good. And uh, that wraps up Games with James. Games with James. All right, that wraps up our episode on uh, James Bond spin-offs. Uh, if there's any James Bond spin-off that you would like to see or you would have liked to have seen in the past, then do please let us know and you can get in touch on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at BondJamCast and you can email us BondJamCast at gmail.com and you can comment on our YouTube. Just search Bond Jam Podcast on YouTube and uh, you'll find a video version of this podcast where you'll be able to see the artwork we mention as we mention it. All the artwork we've mentioned today will appear on our Instagram. That's at BonJamCast on Instagram. That tends to be the channel that I am most active on. Occasionally, like 
with this episode, I'll post questions for the listeners to get involved and submit their suggestions for us to talk about. So if you'd like to be mentioned and get involved with these episodes, then do give us a follow and stay tuned for our posts and questions and stories on there. James is in charge of the Twitter, which he reliably informs me is a graveyard at the moment. Yeah, start tweeting us. <laughs> so do follow us on Twitter at BonJamCast. Facebook, if either of us remember it exists, we might occasionally just post whatever we post on there. You can get in touch with us on any of those platforms if they are your platform of choice and we will get those messages so do contribute it's it's fun to hear from you on this professional sounding podcast (laughs) so yes if you've been listening on youtube you can listen to an audio version of this podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and of course straight to the source on soundcloud just search for bon jam podcast or bon jam simon narrow down the search a little bit because it is a minefield of bond related podcasts out there and uh you know they're all worth your support you know there's a podcast out there for everyone and this is it (laughs) thank you once again for listening and james isn't there something you usually say yeah yeah yeah. something to do with some kind of condiment or preserve i think it begins with a j go on james put me out of the misery don't forget to spread that jam spread that jam everybody and take care Cheerio.